Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Today's podcast, we have two great guests. We met John Knocklinger a week or so ago through podcasting. We were on his show of Divorce Shield. He is an attorney of law. He's also a mediator specializing in family law and also now a divorce coach, really focusing on the male's perspective in terms of the divorce process. And as we all know, there are three sides to every story, right? Her side, his side, and the truth. So we're just going to the other side today. So welcome, John, and you brought a special guest with you today. Thank you, ladies. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we have James Bastian with us. He is a screenwriter, producer, creative consultant, but most importantly for today, he's a divorced dad. And he really is passionate about helping dads recover from divorce and move on to the next chapter of their lives. So important. So welcome to the show. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much, John, Jessica, TH, for inviting me. This is this is awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, it's great to meet you. So, um, I mean, I feel like we should kind of just get sort of the intro. John, if you can kind of give people like a quick rundown of your experience and what you do and sort of like, you know, what Divorce Shield does, which will explain kind of why James is joining us today as well. Sure. Well, I was a divorce attorney for 17 years. I've handled over 1,500 divorce and family law cases, and a little bit more than half of those are men. So over the years, I really got to see how men and women approach divorce differently and the different kinds of issues that they both have. And I realized early on that men just don't have the type of resources that women do. And some of that is just gender differences in the way that women uh, uh, reach out to other women, whereas men don't do that quite as much. And some of it's real in terms of there's just, there was a lot of female-centric divorce resources out there that were easily, um, that women could easily find. So after a while, I realized I hated divorcing people um, because it's very stressful. Um, it's, it, you, you bring your work home constantly, you're living it 24 hours a day, you're seeing the worst of most, almost everybody that you represent. But I really love helping people. So I started Divorce Shield, which is a company that only works with men and it helps them plan for divorce, go through the divorce, and then um, start the recovery. But I don't really go too much into the recovery part of divorce because that's not really what my goal is. So it's been awesome. We start, we have a private Facebook group that's hundreds of men strong. Uh, the kind of interaction is beyond anything I could have ever imagined of uh, guys doing. I've worked one-on-one with clients and I'm trying to develop some online courses to help them move on in, even further. And James uh, joined the tribe. I met him through a different forum, but uh, he has been such an inspiration to a lot of our guys because men in particular, like to hear other men's stories of how they got through it and they were okay. Because there's so two women. horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that that's really that's really my story about how I got here. Yeah, you like to know you're not alone. Man, woman, whoever right. it is, you just want to know you're not alone. So it's really important to have that kind of support. 
And part of, I think, you know, why, why we connected with you, John, and like love what you're doing with Divorce Shield is because, you know, you're helping the men. I mean, we think that, you know, most of our people are women, but I think that, the, you know, there's crossover on both sides and not to mention both sides want to hear what the other side's doing anyway. And so it's all useful information all around. So um, we're just all putting it out there, paying it forward. Yeah, so I, will, I will tell you. Um, so I interviewed, you know, Jessica and TH last week, I believe it was. And I put up their interview on the Divorce Shield Tribe private Facebook group as a sneak preview before I put it out to everybody else. And let's just say there were some strong reactions to some of the things that TH and Jessica said. Ooh, um, we'd because, like to hear them. Because Do tell. Well, because what's interesting is something that I'm sure, and it's things that I'm sure um, both of you, when you said them, were like, you know, this is not that big of a deal, but just men and women hear things so differently mm. um, as you're going through the process. And what you just, you know, when you thought you were giving credit to you know, your ex-husband, all they heard was no bashing. And it was just really interesting about, but really? that's exactly why, but that's exactly why what we're all doing is so important because all of that comes from a lack of communication, a lack of education, and it all comes from a place that I think is correctable because it's just, there's no need to feel like it's man versus woman. And that's right. really what divorce is. Right. right. Okay. But we need to know like one or two examples of that. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying rough. I should, I, second I brought it up. I knew you were going to ask me for an example. <laughs> Details. We need details. Fill <laughs> the beans. Um, you can't just put a carrot out there. Not for us. I know. Um, so let's see. I believe we. I believe um, that. I, I think it was Th. She was talking about her ex-husband and um, how he was um, his personality and how that was really what moved this into a four-year odyssey. Right. Um, and I had more than one guy you know, immediately say, well, of course she's blaming her husband. Okay. Women always okay. blame men. But we know that, it, we know his personal. I, I know right. that, but, it, right. but I'm just saying like the second, the second that started happening and, you know, a woman is saying my husband was the reason that I believe this, this divorce took forever. Understandable. Um, all men here is, well, of course they're blaming me. Right. You know, you know, right. she, you know, she didn't have any blame. And I, that's not what you said at all. No, that's I specifically. All, that's right. all that they heard. And I just think it's interesting because that's why this, these conversations are so important to make yeah. sure that. And, and that's them. clearly a trigger for that person. You know, so I think that anybody who reacts immediately, like immediately like that, it becomes a trigger, but I definitely own my stuff, but I always, you know, I'm always interested in getting feedback from the other sure. side. So maybe we'll put a few questions out there for James later in the interview. Yeah. See, <laughs> see how we're doing. So yeah. let's get over to James. So James, thank you again so much for just being with us today because you know, we do think it's so important for people to be able to hear like the male perspective on all of this, particularly all the stuff that we talk about. But can you give us a little background or a lot, whatever you're comfortable with on your divorce story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, again, it's my pleasure to be here. And uh, I appreciate sharing my story because it's very common, uh, particularly today. Um, some of the research I've been looking at that they're, they're kind of ferreting it out and teasing it out. But I've shared this with John and I share it with a lot of people because it's surprising. 
in relationships where the female partner spouse is college educated, where there's a divorce, 90% of the time, it's the female partner that's saying, I'm the one that's out of here. I'm ending this. So it's very common for guys to be cruising along like I was. I've been married 20 years or thereabouts. My oldest child was just graduating from high school, getting ready to go into college. Um, she's actually here. She's getting ready for medical school. She's job shadowing today. She spent the night last that's night. So, that's awesome. Um, that is yeah, she's amazing. She's so amazing. But you get to this place and I knew my marriage was not healthy. I knew it was not strong, but I kind of took it for granted. Like, okay, things are going to get better. They are. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm working it, you know, responding to the needs that I'm understanding that my spouse has. And even, you know, this last little bit of discussion, it's true that what I perceived as her needs probably really weren't her needs. Oh, that's what I was hearing and understanding. And so here we're cruising along. I think I'm doing all the right things. I think I'm helping in the right way. I made some career changes. You know, I think, okay, I'm making the right kind of money. Everything should be okay. We're going to really get to this place where it's better. And anyway, it, it didn't turn out that way. And I was surprised the story goes, you know, I was in Las Vegas with one of my sons at a soccer tournament. I got this really strange email from my spouse and I'm like, wow, this is different. I've never, you know, she's a certain way. We argue plenty. We have our stuff, but this is different. Came home that, uh, you know, a day or two later, it was my birthday. And I'm sure my daughter's heard this part of the story. She's downstairs. I don't know. But, um, you know, I was thinking, okay, it's my birthday. Something really weird's going on, but at least, you know, maybe we can connect tonight. Getting into bed, she came out, sat down, and the just you feel the energy was so different like huh I'm kind of thinking well maybe we'll you know peel this we'll fix it we'll patch it up at least for tonight instead it became a conversation of I don't love you anymore and that was blindsiding to me because I figured that at least as you know as bad as it got given all that we'd been through we've been through a lot of stuff over those 20 years hard things overcome them I had reasons to leave she had reasons to leave we stuck it out but at that moment, of all moments, when things seem like outwardly they were coming together, this is the moment you're deciding you're not in love with me anymore. And this is the moment you're deciding that, yeah, we're probably getting divorced. And that's the way it's going to be. So that began the journey for me. And in that time, going through that process, you know, I'd seen several of my best buddies get divorced. And for guys, it is different. Uh, my approach How do you to them. feel like it's different? So seeing buddies get divorced. And I understood this when it became my turn to go through it. It's like, whoa, I was really wrong about that. But guys tend to go, okay, you're getting divorced. That sucks. That's really a bummer, man. I'm here for you. And that's where you kind of leave it. Like, okay, you'll reach out to me if you need me. But otherwise, you know, I I get it. It's personal. It's your space. I don't want to get too much into your space. Um, But I'm here. I'm totally here for you whenever you need me. I think it's similar for women in that way also, which is why it's so important to be able to know that you have people that you can reach out to and that will reach out to you, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting Um, because what I would learn later and I would be kicking myself like, what a jerk, you know, I should have been calling my buddies every single day Yeah. as I'm going through this. This is the most traumatic, painful thing I've been through in my entire life. There are nights when I'm just going, you know, I can't, I don't think I can survive another second. I can't do it. 
and wanting to reach out, but then thinking, gosh, I talked to my best friend a week ago and you know, that, what if I call him again? That's too much, but I'm suffering and I need help. Right. So fortunately I did have, you know, these friends that had been through it, they became more engaged. They set a better tone for me and a better example. Like they knew, Hey, dude, you call me any single moment you need. When you get to that dark place, you call, promise me. And they would say that you promise me you're going to call. And I'm thinking, you know, what a jerk I was. I didn't say that to them. I didn't know. And it's not really, no, you don't know what you don't know. Don't know what you don't know. That's why Jessica and I started X experts. Our tagline really is we've lived it. So we get it. So you're, tribe your support are really the people who understand what it's like to go through you're not going to ask for help like what does that look like for me if i reach out and say can can i help are you being a wimp are you being you know lame like what when who cares but i'm just saying like a lot of people feel well am i look do i look weak if i ask for help and the truth is it's so critical to your growth yeah, I agree. And there, I, I think I had a sense before I went through it. And, and I think it's pretty prevalent still today that it's almost contagious. It's like, man, you're going through a divorce. If I get too deep into that, that's going to rub off on me. And I, I don't want any part of this. Right? Not to mention, I think there's a fear from for all of us who are going through the divorce at any given time that like, what I, I, John knows this because like the analogy that I use is often like, you know, someone who has a new baby, they're like, oh, how's the baby? Like, they just want to hear you say fine. They don't really want to hear all of the details. And I think that when you're going through a divorce, you assume that they don't want to hear all of the details. So you feel like you can't call because you feel like then you're just going to be the person who every time you call, you're complaining and you're moaning and you're groaning and woe is me and you're the victim. And it's like, even if that's not who you are, you're afraid you're going to come off that way. And you're afraid people aren't going to want to hear what you're going through. So you just don't care. Yeah. And that's the wrong approach. Obviously Um, you hold it in and it builds up and becomes cancerous in a way. Um, You do need to be able to let those negative emotions out. You do need to be able to release that and come off as negative. You can spit and, you know, cuss and do all this stuff, get it out. Because if you hold that in, man the recovery is going to be that much more difficult yeah not only that but you risk losing your children you risk losing you know even the potential of a positive healthy somewhat healthy relationship co-parenting relationship into the future right you don't find a release and so that's the journey that i'm on you know it's been four years now and i'm this year is the year where it's like okay i promised myself back then like if i survive this i'm going to get back this is just this is opening my eyes I've had opportunities and missed them. And, you know, I've been given many opportunities since to coach people now. Hey, I'm here for you. Talk, let's talk about it. You need a little bit of hope today. Obviously, I can give it to you. It's going to be better. Trust me. Yeah. Sometimes just hearing that is enough. And so now I'm, you know, expanding that, getting a, building a bigger platform to get that message out. John helps people through divorce. Me, I, I want to be the guy that picks them up as they walk out of mediation or out of the courtroom and look out and go, what now? Right. Here I am. Right. Especially when, it, when it's over on that day, like as elated as I was, all my, all my paid people disappeared. Like we're done. Well, who's going to listen to me? Who do I ask the question to tomorrow? Like, where is everybody? Where is everybody? Right. How am I going to do this tomorrow without like this whole like support, whether you pay them or not? 
it's it's a scary thing. You feel like you're out there without a net. I also think it's just so powerful. I feel like this is, I'm going to be repeating myself the whole time that we're talking, but like to hear that that's how guys think, because I also just think, I want to talk for a second about like just the overall social stigma of divorce. But mm-hmm. I do think that when people generalize men going through, you know, hard, emotional, traumatic situations versus women, it's like, oh, the women are falling apart and they're a total mess. And the guys are like stiff upper lip and they're just going to grin and, you know, bear it and kind of get through it. And that they don't need that sort of brotherhood, so to speak, of people around them. And I, I think there would be a lot of people that would be surprised to hear you say that, like, I needed help and I needed people around me that I could talk to about it because I think we think the reason that guys don't talk about it is because they don't need to talk about it. So what would be your top three tips, James, that you would give people going through it, knowing what you've gone through and how did John kind of play into that for you? So are you talking about men giving to men? men. Mm -hmm. Well, whatever you think, like, it could be if it's you think it's only relevant to men or, you know, for anyone. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I did, and I think this is interesting, is I actually pulled up a spreadsheet and I put down the names of my allies, people I felt like I could talk to. And it wasn't a very long list, right? It's family. It's, you know, maybe my best friend I've had my whole life. Um, my assistant at work. She could care less in so many ways, but it just felt good to just dump it on her. Right. Um, that sort of thing. And then you start looking for professional help. That's, I guess, second point. Reach out, whether it's a coach, a therapist, you know, sometimes it's tricky geographically. But now we live in a world where we can connect just by Internet, by phone, whatever. Reach out, find somebody. That's a real stigma, I think, for guys is, ah, you know, they're going to tell me something's wrong with me. And usually that's not the case. They're probably actually going to say, you know what, this is really hard, brother. Hang on. Sure, you have some stuff, you have some flaws, some weaknesses, but everybody does. So let's help, let's understand this. Let's get you through it. I'm going to listen to you. Again, that listening part, that validation part of, yeah, this this is hard. This sucks. Is, you know, wow, okay. I guess I can feel this way. I can be angry. I can be sad. I can be devastated. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, I mean, guys do feel that every guy I know, even as tough as they are on the outside, you break it down with them. You really get into that. Oh man, divorce. Wow. You know, that's the hardest thing I've ever been through. I mean, I I didn't know I was going to make it. And it's, 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 it's an event that I wouldn't wish on anybody, truly. <laughs> you guys having been through it probably wouldn't wish it on anyone either. But it definitely impacts guys. And again, we show up differently. We present to the outside world. But I would imagine there aren't very many men that have good relationships, say, with their mom who aren't looking for that phone call. Mom, hey, you know, tears running down their cheeks. What, what do I do next? You know, I don't know. Am I going to lose my kids? Tell me it's going to be okay. You know, I wasn't prepared for this. Right. So, um, and I, that, I guess, third tip is look at divorce as an opportunity. It's tricky to do that in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But, hey, wow, okay, this is a massive reset in my life. Mm-hmm. I can choose to be bitter. I can choose to just punish my former spouse. I can choose to self-medicate. I can do all of these things. Or... I can be real honest with myself and say, you know what? I want to be happier on the other side of this. 
I want to have a better relationship with my children. I want to have a better romantic relationship in the future. I know I'm not perfect and I'm being brought down to my knees and all my faults are being revealed. Let me embrace those and go, okay, great. I'll own this. Now what, how do I become, you know, and it's, it's not like a massive transformation. It's day, every day you get to choose. Okay. Yeah. Today I'm going to get up. I put a smile on my face. I don't feel like it. Huh? I'm going to try to make a deposit with my children or I'm going to make a deposit of myself. I'm going to listen to a podcast. Huh? All right. I feel, you know, a little inspired. Maybe that helps small victories day in, day out. It's going to be probably a lifetime process, but truly you give it a couple of months. You make it a habit of, I am going to use this to be better. I'm going to have a more abundant life. I'm going to be happier. Dang it. I'm going to do this. You get off on, you get going in that trajectory and the momentum will carry you. So it, it, I, I love everything you're saying. And I, and I think that it, it definitely pertains to men and women the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, as you're speaking, I'm like conflicted in my head and John, I'm curious what your spin is on this, but in my head, I feel like for myself, and it sounds like for you, James, and I know for Jessica, it's a little bit of a weird gift divorce. You get a second chance to do better than you did before but you don't want divorce. And, but I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't go through all of that. And I wouldn't have been happy if I stayed in my marriage. Like I, I physically, it was not humanly possible to stay in that marriage. It was, it was killing me. But so how do you, how do you kind of like work through that? It's like such a conflict. It literally just came to my head as, as James is talking I mean, I am just the best form of me in the last several years where Jessica and I are 12 years out now, almost 13. Um, and I'm the best form of me. So, but how do you reconcile that with yourself? It's, I gotta tell you, it's really difficult. And most, and I'm gonna speak more from the, the male perspective right now. Mm-hmm. The problem with a lot of the guys that, um, that we work with is that they they felt blindsided by the divorce and that's mainly because they were most of them were putting their head in the sand and not really recognizing what was going on right and because of that and because they don't actually reach out and get help the way james was talking about if you have friends and we all know a lot of middle-aged men don't really have as many close friendships as a lot of women do um but if if you even if you have friends, a lot of guys don't want to talk to them the way James was talking about. How many times have you said, you know, let me know if you need anything, but you never expect anyone to actually don't really call me. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, how are you doing today? You expect just to hear fine. You don't expect to hear, oh God, I'm, I'm having a shitty day. You don't, you don't expect to hear any of that. But, you know, the, the problem with um, guys going through this is that you know, they don't really ever want to look at outside their own like immediate surroundings. They'd rather sit in their man cave and just watch TV and drink a beer and just pretend like it's not happening. So once they don't ever get to the point, most men don't get to the point where they see this positivity about what their life could be. Because for them, it's changes happening. And again, not to pick on middle-aged men, because me and James are both middle-aged, middle-aged men do not like change they just don't it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter whether it's that not moving out of a house marriage it doesn't matter the the kind of clothes they wear the kind of food they eat 
it doesn't matter. Um, so you add that on top of, you know, here, okay, my whole divorce is ending and now I'm going to have to start over. To me, women have an easier time doing that than men. And I don't know why. Um, and like I said, I've divorced so many people over the years. I can just tell you, if I go five years out, my female clients are almost always in a better place than my male clients, almost always. And that, I mean, you know, go, going back to why I started my company, that's, that's one of the reasons, is that there's just something about, and I think it goes back to what James was saying, there's something about women being able to bond with other women like the two of you have that went through this process. And something, there's an exchange that happens that I think let women have an easier time seeing the positives of divorce. And quite frankly, you know, children in particular don't need married parents, they need happy parents. And I think that um, men don't always recognize that they, that they have the ability to be happy or that they should be happy. You know, men kind of look at marriage a little bit more as this is my job. My job is to provide for my family. My, my job is to provide this kind of structure for my kids. And so um, they forget about their own happiness somewhere in the mix. So they don't necessarily see, okay, I'm divorced now. I can, I can concentrate on myself now. It's still a job for them. So it's just, it's really interesting that you bring this up, uh, TH, because it's real um, in terms of a lot of women just don't have as, as much of a difficult time finding their happiness again or finding their purpose. And that's why, to go back to where we started this conversation, that's why if you go out and you look at divorce coaches, you look at resources for women, I would say almost all of them have been started by women who were divorced. They've taken that, they've taken that, they've seen the positive parts of getting out of a relationship that wasn't great and how it can really change the course of your life. And you don't see that with men. Present company excluded, James, of course. <laughs> you don't you don't really see that with men. And it's a really interesting dynamic. What, what's so fascinating about what you're saying is that um, it is true that many men that I've spoken to have said I would have stayed. And I do think that that's really interesting that, because I, I think that sort of the impression that a lot of people have, and again, this is a discrepancy between the way men think and the way women think, I think I would have assumed that most of the time these guys would have been like, yeah, I'm fucking out of here. Like, and, I, and I'm so glad that I'm you know, done with this ball and chain kind of thing. And it's been very eye-opening to hear how many guys would have stayed. And then when I'm like, well, were you happy? Because they tell me they were blindsided. And then they're like, no, I was miserable, but I would have stayed to do the right thing. That, and I could not agree with you more, John, that kids don't need married parents. They need happy parents. So I think that that's been so surprising how many men would have stayed. And I think that part of the reason why women may have an easier time with it well, first of all, if the majority of the time women are the ones asking for the divorce, and James, I loved your statistic about education. So I have a graduate degree, so then it makes sense that I've asked for two divorces. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if women are the ones that ask for the divorce, as devastating as it is and as hard as that is and to be in that place, you have mentally prepared for it, obviously, more so than the guys have. And so then you talk to other female friends 
And I think it's, I'm curious to know if this is the truth, that you talk to any woman who's been divorced and we're all like, you are gonna love it. Like you, it's gonna be so much better later. I mean, the divorce sucks, but like, you're right, five years out, I don't know one woman that's been divorced who five years out is not like, thank the Lord that this is where I am now. And maybe guys, like James, barring you, because now you're, you are like having such a positive energy around it and helping other men deal with it. But I wonder if like when guys talk to other guys about divorce, if they're five years out and they're like, my life fucking sucks. You know, this whole thing has been such a drag and, 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 it, and it's terrible that it gives men, makes it scarier for guys, I wonder. Well, do you think it's such a drag because those are the guys who are not dealing with their own stuff? They're still living in that, you know, frame, you know, um, you know, frame of mind of being in that relationship. Like, I think that women also, there are definitely women out there who are just still curled up in a ball because they're not dealing with their part of the marriage problem. I mean, it was a problem and it does take two. And I, I also wanna go back to something that John said, you know, it's interesting. So women five years out seem better, but I'll tell you, and this is all society stigma. So I'm curious of a response here. The guys got a girl on their arm, like, like that. They look, like they're so much happier. They got their shit together already with this 20 something year old and whatever and living large and going all over the world. All of a sudden he's got money, he's traveling, he just bought a new car. And so, and this is obviously a very general statement, but um, in my mind, it's like the women who are like mobilizing it, getting the kids, getting the house, getting everything together. What am I gonna do? What's the plan, my job, my, and the guys are already off. So it's interesting that you say that because the way that it looks is a little bit different right afterwards. So what do you guys think of that? I was just going to say, TH, that goes back to what I second, said a second ago. The men don't like change. One of the things they don't like is once they've been married and they have, they've been part of that marital unit where they maybe have a wife that's kind of taking care of them to some degree uh, in certain ways while they're, you know, uh, working, they want that again. That's why you know, on the flip side, the guys that more often than not start a divorce already have like their next, you know, woman already on their arm whenever they decide they want their divorce. That's what makes it easy for them because they're not going to be alone now. I mean, I'm just going to move, you know, the, the, the person I'm with is going to change, but nothing else is. So that's sort of where I think to some degree that comes from because women, you know, you guys, you know, you're much more, you have a much more of an ability to, you know, be alone for a while, to really try to rediscover yourself, to lean on friends in a way that men just don't, for the reasons we talked about before, about um, the lack of, uh, uh, you know, intense male relationships that a middle-aged man have. But what do you think, James? Um, yeah, it's fascinating, all of it. Granted, you know, there's stereotypes out there. There are a spectrum, a spectrum of men, for sure. You know, but I do believe that for most of us, especially where it's not expected, it is such a confusing time because you do go to this place of why didn't I see this coming? Okay, maybe I did see this coming, huh? But why did I just keep fighting for it? We are programmed to, you know, hey, a wife is what you do 
you have a wife and you take care of her. You think you're taking care of her, but maybe you're not. You work, you show up for your kids. There's kind of a programming that takes place. And suddenly when the kind of linchpin of all of that, the wife fails and you're not expecting it, it's like, whoa, wait, wait. I mean, denial is a very real thing. And that for me, it's still, I was fighting hard for the marriage for six months, even though the reality was it was over. You know, this is, she's gone, but I had to, it took me six months and I'm grateful for that period of time because it allowed me to ease into the reality and arrive at acceptance eventually, but it is a confusing time. And so I think you see the guys that jump into, well, I'm going to just prove you wrong and have better. I'm going to get the fast car and the hot girlfriend. And, you know, a lot of alpha guys are married within a year, remarried. Are they better? Are they having better marriages? Let's be honest. No. Right. I mean, I got to be honest, I got a fast car and I love it, but. <laughs> fast car is way easier than a fast girl. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, it, it, and it feels great. I mean, it's a sort of self-medication. It's like, okay, I probably couldn't have this when I was married. So dang it, I'm just going to do it now. So there's a benefit to that for sure. But by and large, I think John's right is I've seen so many guys, even being remarried, they're still recovering. They would like to project to the world that, nah, this didn't hurt me at all. In fact, I'm better off. But emotionally, they're recovering. I think even financially, you dig into the finances. I think that's a bit of a myth. I mean, I'm still recovering. It's been you know nearly five years for me. It was a crater in my finances. Divorce, it's just massive, right? So it takes a long time. And then the emotional part, the healing part, reconciling that. And if you do it the right way, I mean, I'm hoping I'm doing it the right way. How do I become a better human being? So that in my next relationship or my current relationship, I show up better. I don't make the same mistakes. I'm more present. Um, and that, unfortunately, I do think is where guys, it's very hard. It's very difficult, but we don't always communicate in that way. You know, the alpha male that's driving the fast car with the hot girlfriend, if you go up and say, hey, buddy, how's, you know, be real with me. Let's have straight talk right now about your divorce. How do you feel? Inside, he's dying, right? He's torn to pieces, but he's not going to tell you that. But then you can look, if you look closely, oh, the relationship with his kids sucks. He's the guy that's still texting his ex-wife five times a day, you know, trying to pick a fight about everything because he still needs that interaction, even though he's got what the world would say, oh man, you know, you got this great, beautiful girlfriend, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I think that's very telling. Um, it is a hard, hard place to be, I think for everybody. And again, when you're not, nobody goes into this thinking they're gonna get divorced. And as a guy, you're just cruising along, you do feel like you're doing the best you can. Okay, well, we had a fight, you know, I fell short here, I did this. Um, granted, there are guys that really blow it and, you know, that they find themselves kicked to the curb. I understand that totally there. You know, I think listening to you guys, when you're listening to the podcast you had with John, you know, if you're going to have an affair, be, you know, be manly, go talk to your spouse, say, Hey, this isn't working for me. I'm feeling tempted to go out. What do we do? Let's end it now. So I can get, be free and not hurt anybody. You know, there's a better way to go about it. Right. Um, so a lot of guys, I won't lie. There's the stereotype fits certain guys, but I would say there are also a lot of guys, a lot of the guys I know, I mean, they suffer. It hurts. And man, I built this whole world, this whole identity around 
my wife, my kids, my work. And now it's all in question. I don't know how much am I, am I going to see my kids ever again? How am I going to maintain work? I don't feel like working anymore. This sucks. You know, the thing I was passionate about providing for my family is now gone. Huh? Who am I? So that's a huge, huge question that I think we all walk away with. It is a huge question. And one of the topics that teach and I keep revisiting um, is just the idea of like the stigma around divorce. We obviously are coming from the female side of it and possibly projecting out what we think people think when they look at us and, and we're divorced. Like I'm so curious to know from your side, James, do you think that there's a stigma around divorce for men? And, and do you think if there is, that it's different from the stigma around divorce for women or how is it different? Okay, yeah, absolutely. I would say, and this may be a bit cultural, maybe a bit regional, but I know, for example, here, oh, James is getting divorced. The very first question, what did he do? Mm. What did he do? And I see this, so I didn't do those things, right? I was blindsided. I feel like I was a good husband. I didn't cheat. I wasn't looking to cheat. I argued too much. I, you know, maybe wasn't hearing the right things. There, you know, that sort of stuff happened, but it, there's not like this big red flag, but most people think there is. And so I know, for example, when I go, I still have one son that I'll take back and forth. Most of my kids end up living with me full time, but I have one son that I'll take back to his mom's. And I know when I go over there to pick him up, or drop him off. There's a neighbor across the street, an old guy, and he is always out working in his yard. And he looks at me like, you know, like you failed men, James, you did something. And it's like, you don't have a clue about, you know, you really don't, but that stigma is there. The stigma being that it's the guy's fault, that the the guy's fault. you did yeah. something wrong. Yeah. That typically is what I've seen. It's the guy failed. And you, you know, being in New York City, New Jersey, maybe it's a little different. But in my experience, you know, when I really dating, for example, you start digging into it. Oh, yeah, the guy failed, the guy failed, the guy failed. Oh, but I, you know, by the way, I guess I should be honest, I had an affair. Yeah. Oh, wait, it suddenly changes, right? We're not in that world anymore where it's usually the guy that's out philandering, the guy that's out goofing around. I know that happens, but I think it, you know, for every guy that's having an affair, he's got to have a partner. So it's happening on both sides. But I do think the stigma is still such that the guy kind of has to prove that he didn't do this, that he's worthy of the children, you know. And again, the stereotypes are what they are because they're married. I think for a long time, that was generally the truth. The guy blew it. But now in the world today, I would say, I mean, I'm encouraged. I see so many guys who are showing up for their kids. My kids are number one. I am there. They have stuff. I am there. I will be to every meeting. I'll be to every game. I will love them. I will listen to them. You know, you're not paying the health insurance. I got it. I got it. And there's so many guys that are like that. And then you look at the people they've been married to and it's like, whoa, you know, you got a raw deal, man. Like this person is not showing up. They're spinning all kinds of garbage about you. They're treating you like garbage they're the one that you know these are the women that are texting the guys 20 times a day you failed me and my sex life is so much better now and you know just instigating not letting it go so but i do think the stereotype is still the stigma is still that it's usually the guy that's doing that so 
the um the overall thing is that you know perception of other people on you and i don't remember if i brought it up in in our podcast john but through my therapy afterwards i i took a long time to learn how to be like teflon and that's basically what my therapist said try to figure out what's noise and what's not noise. And that was really hard because you buy into the noise so easily. It's such like an easy path to the devil, right? Like don't go down that road again, but you, you go, it's like, it's like, you know, it's almost like a train wreck. Like everybody's got to look like, why do you have to look? It's not going to be good. Just, you know, keep going on your same way. And, and the whole idea of the blame game, I think that it just makes it easier for a woman also to just blame as I'm sure it is for a guy. Cause I think we've also talked about this. Like she's always crazy. Like that's the narrative. Like she's nuts. She was nuts and he was a jerk and he was a cheater. And, and I think that, I mean, in both of our cases for me and Jessica, you know, they cheated and, but that was, that was just the last straw. Right. So people who don't know, don't know. And those are the ones who spew the noise and those are the ones who chirp and that's the guy standing on your, you know, because he, he doesn't know, he doesn't know. So I just, uh, it's just easier to blame than to accept your own responsibility and know, you know what? Yes, he cheated for a long time, but just the fact that I was so happy to be out shows that that was not the only thing that was wrong in our marriage. You know, there, there was other stuff going on and that was just kind of, that was just it. So just cause he went the extra step further than I would have gone. Doesn't mean that that was the only reason that a marriage, you know, breaks up. So just know that anyway, like if people are looking at you and stuff like that, there, we all, we all know on this chat that there's way more to it, way more. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, people care way too much about what other people think anyway. I think that's human nature, yeah. but I know I've said this to all three of you before, uh, in all my years divorcing people, almost every single woman told me their husband was a narcissist and almost every single man told me their wife was bipolar. So it's, we're all, you know, we all see, we all see what we want to see in our spouse. And it's really easy to blame instead of looking inward about what we did wrong and where we were, you know, where our shortcomings were. And that's really, in order to get to the place where Jessica and TH and James, where you all are now, where you're much happier, you have to take stock about what you did and recognize that, you know, there were two of you in the marriage. You know, it's always easy. If someone, if someone has an affair, it's always really easy just to blame them, right? So that's super easy. But there's always, there's always a background that comes uh, before that. Um, and so anyway, I just think that it's really interesting that the cultural and geographic um, perspective that James started with, it, living in New Jersey, where I was an attorney, it's one of the most culturally diverse states in the nation. And I can tell you, you know, the differences between different cultures and the way that they view divorce, and particularly men and women within those cultures, would make your head spin. Because we're talking about this very generally across um, all groups, but you really get down to some groups and men have it really bad in some cultures and women have it really bad in some cultures. And none of that's legal. It's just the, you know, the shame, the shame yeah. of, you know, there's certain cultures, I'm not gonna stereotype people on this no, podcast, yeah. but there's certain cultures where 
people don't even feel com uh, comfortable traveling back to their countries to see their family if they're divorced right. because there's so much shame. So, you know, as bad as, you know, people think they have it, there's always other people in other cultures that have it even worse that, um, you know, it's really difficult, but I, I'm really applaud all three of you. You guys have done such a great job recovering from divorce. And I really hope people find a lot of inspiration here as they move forward. Well, thank James. you. Thank, and thank you, John. And James, if there's one thing you wish you knew, looking back, what would it be? Hmm. Um, well, that's a really the top question. thing. We all have a lot of things, but the top thing. <laughs> the top thing. Um, well, first of all, I'd just like to say there's a lot of truth in this conversation and it's very powerful. And I'm grateful to hear it. Um, truly, you do have to own the way you represent yourself in any relationship. And I would honestly say that's probably the biggest takeaway. It's not always the easiest one to accept. And it's one that I'm still working on. But I can't expect anybody else to change. I can't expect anybody to take better care of me than I can take of myself. Um, and if I understand those things and apply them, and it's not easy, I'm still very much working on this. I'm probably gonna have a better outcome. Hey, okay, this marriage isn't perfect, but I'm gonna work on me, okay? And if you choose to leave, that's on you, that's your choice. Um, let's, let's make it amicable if we can. Um, there is, I guess, that notion, and I, and I still battle it, that, you know, hey, I'm going to get married, and it's all going to be great after that. You know, okay, maybe this wasn't quite perfect before, but it's going to be better after. And that's not reality. Reality is, okay, I'm just going to be the best human I can be. I'm going to keep working on that. I'm going to find satisfaction in that. I'm going to be proud of myself for that. I'm going to show up as a dad and be the best dad I can be, and I'm going to be really proud of that. And I'm going to experience the benefits and fruits of that because I'm going to see my children come around, you know, like my daughter came to, she gets to choose and she stays with me. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, that self-ownership and then that understanding that running out and finding, you know, the, the young hot wife, that may feel great. And there's some benefits to that, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to have a brighter future or going to be happier the next time around. And you may actually really get your butt kicked on the second divorce, you know? Um, so yeah, it's just trying to embrace, I'm a human being, this is part of my journey. In my case, I didn't choose to be divorced, but it is a gift, a funny gift. And I get a chance to do, you know, hopefully get married again. That's still my goal. And hopefully I'll come to it a bit smarter, a bit wiser. And in the process, hopefully I can help other people. Like all of us are trying to do, we're trying to empower others on this journey that, so that they do see it as an opportunity so that they do have a better outcome, whether they're in the process of divorce now or walking out of the courtroom, I'm free, now what? Or even down the road, you know, hey, I, this has been bumpy. I'm five years in and I'm not happier yet. What do I do? Yeah, you can still be happier. So I'm grateful for you guys for, you know, creating this forum to talk about stuff like this. This is awesome. 
thank you a million times, both of you guys for joining us. I mean, we're going to have to continue this conversation another time too, especially like I, I, it's such an aha moment, like just listening to you talk about the difference of the stigma for men and women. Like that's a whole conversation in and of itself. Cause I think that a lot of women totally would interpret that completely differently. So we have a lot more material and a lot more ground to cover, but thank you guys really for taking the time for today. Cause I think this is a lot of great information. Thank you both really. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook. And send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.